Karoulis, music isn't just entertainment, or even a form of self-expression. Since founding the band Hit Like a Girl, Maroulis has written powerfully personal songs that speak to their experiences as a non-binary person, and has started the nonprofit organization No More Dysphoria, which helps transgender individuals pay for aspects of their transition. I'm Colleen Cowie, and you're listening to the Pass the Mic podcast, a podcast dedicated to amplifying female, trans, and non-binary voices in music. This week, I caught up with Nicole Maroulis to talk about writing new songs for Hit Like a Girl, tackling onstage nerves, Taco Bell, and more. Keep listening to hear our full conversation. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the Pass the Mic podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Of course. I'm excited, too. How's your day been going so far? Not bad. Um, picked our band van up from the mechanic today for, I don't know, the fifth time this month, and... Um, Other than that, it's a nice day out and everything's going great. How about you? How's your day? It's been pretty good. It's beautiful fall weather right now in Minneapolis, which is great. I'm trying to fend off a cold, which I am annoyed about because all of my friends got sick like two weeks ago and I thought that I missed it. And now... Now it's your turn. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Thanks for chatting with me. I'm excited to hear more about Hit Like a Girl. Yeah, I am excited to talk about it who doesn't like to talk about themselves right (laughs) exactly um so you just did a bit of a fall tour is that wrapped up now um one of two fall tours is wrapped up yeah we just did um about a week and a half with aw or also known as john allison weiss um and that was really fun that was like a little northeast run and then right now we're getting ready to tour to and from the fest in florida and we're going to be going with our friends in nervous theater for Mm -hmm. that so that i'm really looking forward to that too Mm -hmm. nice that's awesome what would you say are some of your favorite or maybe least favorite parts about going on tour Hmm. uh well i am a sagittarius son and uh Virgo rising and I think a lot of that has to do with my love to travel and just this never-ending feel and need to want to be free um, so my favorite part about touring is that you know that freeing feeling of being on the road and uh, you know things like that and um, I think my least favorite part about it is um, I am not good at sitting in a car for a long period of time, and that's what touring basically is, so mm-hmm. that's definitely my least favorite part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that'd be hard, you know, not to be able to, like, stretch your legs or just, like, go for a walk every day. Like, sitting down for that long probably gets really tiring. Yeah, it's, I, I think I have a undiagnosed case of uh, restless leg syndrome, so definitely, mm-hmm. and I also hate driving, so when I'm the driver, I'm just inevitably bored (laughs) yeah you have to like make up fun games or something to keep yourself busy yeah for sure well I would love to learn a little bit about how hit like a girl got started I've heard that it started as a solo project of yours and then came to incorporate a full band um can you tell me a little bit about that yeah absolutely um yeah exactly like you said it was just a singer songwriter solo project of mine for a little while but I was a lot younger then and playing by myself in front of audiences just gave me a lot of anxiety and um so I kind of put that to rest because I didn't really have fun playing by myself and then I had all these songs written um just over the span of a few years that I've always wanted to record and I was like I'm gonna make an acoustic album and I recorded the first record You Make Sense with my friend Levi and um they were like 
um, we should add drums to this and we should add some bass to this. And they just like jumped on the drums and <laughs> tracked them all for the songs. And we just recorded a full band album and we started getting offered all these cool shows. And, you know, I started reaching out to friends of mine around New Jersey, seeing if anyone could fill in for these shows, play live full, full band. And I don't know, it's been fun ever since. I was like, oh, playing, playing in front of people with a band is a lot different than playing by yourself. So, mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. enjoyed doing that, and I was like, oh, I, sh- I should do this again, mm-hmm. and then do it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. and here we are. Yeah. What was kind of your introduction to music? Had you played in a band setting before doing Hit Like a Girl? Um, besides just doing it by myself, like the singer songwriter way, I was sort of. I mean, I was always going to shows um, for as long as I can remember. Um, there's so many. It was the scene in New Jersey used to be so thriving and alive and the community was so amazing and I just loved being a part of it just as a showgoer and as I started getting older I was like I want to be on the stage you know I want to do what those those guys are doing I don't know started to try and get over my stage fright fears and anxieties yeah do you have any early memories of shows that you went to or artists that you saw who really stood out to you of like I want to do that I want to be like that I mean, it's almost a little admittedly embarrassing to admit, but uh, I used to go to a lot of metalcore shows, so I and also a lot of hardcore shows and stuff, so I used to be really interested in that, but that community wound up not really being a good fit for me, just because of how, I don't know, like that violent, like, hardcore bro culture was really kind of off-putting to me after a while as I got older. Um, and then... When I started gearing more towards like emo and stuff, a lot of bands I remember really leaving a lasting impression on me were like Tiger Jaw, Balance and Composure, uh, The World is a Beautiful Place, I'm No Longer Afraid to Die, uh, Into It, Over It. A lot of those bands mm-hmm. were big for me um, as I was kind of finding my sounds and songwriting and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think, I'm trying to think of a specific show that really did it for me it's hard to remember there's so many (laughs) yeah for sure so what are some of those ways that make it less nerve-wracking or kind of help you control that anxiety when you're performing um now well because I always I always have a rotating lineup so I'm almost always playing with new people every tour so that anxiety sort of still lives there because I have it's hard for me to find a group because I'm always with different people but um usually if my friend Fred is playing guitar him and I have been friends for like four or five years now we used to live together and he he can he, he can just look on my face and know when I'm feeling anxious and he just always turns to me and just says we got this or we're gonna do great we're gonna kill it and uh that really helps and the lineup I've been playing with recently has also been really good at that they've just been really positive to be around um the last tour we did with john allison weiss i remember a couple times in the van we'd just be driving and it would just be silent and uh someone would be like oh everyone go around the van right now and say something positive about the person to your right and we would go in a circle and do that and (laughs) laugh and uh you know that kind of brought spirits up for me and then we would get to the show and it'd be like yeah yeah we are gonna kill it so Mm -hmm. i guess just overall positive vibes are super helpful to relieve that anxiety because if everyone's nervous, I feel like you can kind of pick up on that energy and you start to feel nervous and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we need more of that just in our daily lives of like 
you know, people stopping and saying, okay, everybody go around and say something that is great about the person next to you. I love that. Yeah, I mean, do you ever still feel nervous when you're doing interviews or doing your podcast? Like, you know, you ever feel anxious about, oh, what if I say something I'm not supposed mm-hmm. to? Or Totally. I get nervous before, like, every single interview, like, even to this day, every single time. I'm like, what if I mess up? What if I, you know, say something stupid? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's same, same for shows, you know. It doesn't... Sure, it gets, I guess it, over time you get used to it or whatever, but that nerve still lives there, I think, indefinitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it, there's, yeah, there's kind of no getting rid of it completely, um, but you have to just kind of find ways to control it or, like, have people to lean on when you do feel that, like, those nerves and anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you recently released a new single, um, which we featured on Pass the Mic, and I'm very excited about. It's called No More Dysphoria. Um, would you mind telling me a little bit about that song? Yeah, um, that song is, the title of that song uh, mirrors a uh, nonprofit organization that I run, also called No More Dysphoria, um, and it's a very uh, transgender and gender non-conforming and non-binary um, focused organization. Um, because I myself am a non-binary person. So, um, I don't know. I have been wanting to write a song about gender identity for a little while now, but have been skeptical and hesitant about it because, um, you know, it's not the most quote unquote accessible topic in music and it only relates to a very niche, small audience. So I was like, eh, I don't know if I really want to do that. But then one day I was just like, ah, screw it. I'll do it anyway. Um, so mm-hmm. the song is just literally about my own like gender identity and um, the constant process of coming out. Um, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, the, con- the constant process of coming out. So I don't know, sometimes it's exhausting to constantly be talking about it. Um, so I just figured I'd put it in a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. How does that feel to write about something so personal? Is that scary to open up in that way, or is it kind of cathartic no, it's to, still, like... like... It's still scary. I mean, up until the release date, I was literally texting my friend Fred that wrote it with me, and I was like, I don't think we should put this out, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't think it's a good idea. He's like, it's a good song. It's important. People got to hear it. And I was just like, all right, all right, you're right. And then the next day, I'd be like, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't put it out. <laughs> it was just this constant back and forth um but now that it's out um i feel like a weight has been lifted that's amazing yeah i think it's so powerful that this song talks a lot and you also released a statement on twitter like a handwritten note um and it talks about how the song is about like kind of the pressure of like constantly explaining yourself and like you said kind of that constant process of coming out is does that add to kind of like the weight off your chest when you release this song, just kind of like having that out there and saying like, this is, you know, this is what I have to say for myself. And yeah, I mean, obviously not everyone, not everyone in the world has seen that post or, you know, whatever. So it's still a conversation that I'm inevitably probably going to have to have for the rest of my life, which is fine. Obviously I'm okay with that. But um, yeah, I also have noticed since releasing the song, a lot of people have reached out to me saying that they feel the exact same way, which is really comforting um, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of cool to see I'm not the only one that is exhausted by talking about it all the time. And like, I know that 
I, you know, put myself out there as a very uh, public, non-binary person, and I have my organization and stuff, but I don't know. Um, that doesn't mean I necessarily constantly want to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, at least I got shows and stuff. It, it, I don't know. After a while, it's like having the same conversation, just like, it's tiring or like if I'm at work and someone calls me she I'm just like uh yep uh uh-huh I just take it because I don't feel like being like actually it's they and then them being like well what's that and then having to go through Mm -hmm. the whole you know never-ending explanation of the gender spectrum I don't know it's it's just sometimes it's too much to have a Mm -hmm. small short conversation about Mm -hmm. yeah for sure I mean I bet especially if that's happening like every single day you know like there's just not enough energy to explain really that all the time yeah yeah and you've been performing the song live uh no we haven't gotten a chance to yet just because i don't have a permanent lineup so it's been difficult to find the time to teach it to new people um mm-hmm. every tour if that makes sense um so mm-hmm. it's like also trying to find a groove of you know, teaching the songs to different people and fitting it in this allotted set time. Um, we're releasing another song in November, um, so I think we're going to try and play that song on our tour to and from the fest. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. See if uh, mm-hmm. my friends can learn it. Nice. Um, speaking of some of your friends, I saw that the artwork for No More Dysphoria was created by Zoe Reynolds, who you play with in the band Kississippi. Yeah, Zoe's my, one of my best friends ever, um, and she's such a super talented artist, and everyone should hit her up for your, all your commissioned art needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Would you mind telling me a little bit about the nonprofit No More Dysphoria? I know you do a ton of amazing work there. Um, when did that get started? Um, so the nonprofit organization actually has been in existence way longer than the band has. Um, started doing that about four-ish years ago. Um, yeah, we've donated to hundreds of people. Um, you know, obviously fundraising is difficult um, no matter which way you slice it. So uh, most of our funds come from selling shirts at my band shows or, you know, donations from a lot of other bands and musicians and um, platforms and stuff, which I'm super duper grateful for. Um, so we haven't like donated like a astronomical amount to just one person. We kind of just try to give everybody a little something here and there. Um, but my goal is to pay for an entire surgery, like front to back one day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we've done a really good job at helping a lot of people. Um, we have a partnership with uh, FTM Essentials. So if um, anybody needs assistance paying for packers, binders, um, a lot of stuff that goes along in that category, um, we partner up with them and get that sent out to them. We buy a lot of binders for people off GC2B. Um, kind of, I did a clothing drive a couple times, get people some gender affirming clothes, and then um, donate to a bunch of different GoFundMe's. And we've, you know, I've just Venmoed and PayPal'd people a couple hundred bucks for top surgery consultations or uh, gender therapist consultations or anything like that. Hormones, you name it. Um, I feel like everyone's transition transitions come in a lot of different colors. Um, doesn't always necessarily mean SRS or any other sort of gender reassignment surgery um you know it could be as small as 
purchasing some a binder for someone to as large as you know maybe that last thousand dollars they need to get the top surgery or something you know what I mean yeah yeah that's amazing it seems like you've been able to help so many different people in yeah whatever capacity you can and in whatever way that might look you know it's different for everyone like you said so I think that's really awesome thank you yeah it's uh definitely been rewarding um and you know if anyone's listening to this and they are they know someone that might need help uh transitioning or paying for some sort of step in their transition process uh feel free to reach out to us we don't turn anybody away and if we're lacking funds I'll just be transparent about that and I'll email you and I'll say hey I'll reach back out to you in a month when we collect some more funds but um, yeah, everyone can just email us. I try not to turn anybody away or ignore anybody. So you'll at least hear back from me. That's amazing. Outside of No More Dysphoria, do you have any advice for music fans or other artists? Um, any ways that people can support non-binary or trans artists? Um, luckily, I've noticed a big wave in music. Um, obviously, it's not perfect and we all still have a long way to go. But um, I think the inclusivity I've seen over the past couple of years has definitely like progressed so far. And um, I don't know, I uh, my other band, Kiss Tibby, played a festival in North Carolina not too long ago called Hopscotch. And uh, my friend and I literally just like were almost in tears because we were just like, there's so many queer and non-binary and non-cis men playing this festival. And it's just so cool. Like, I don't know, it's just, it, it, I see it all happening more and more every day obviously like i said it's not perfect yet but um i think a lot of the steps have been taken to get there and hopefully it won't even be it'll hopefully the conversation won't even like it'll get to a point where we don't have to say hey there's no females on this tour there's no trans people on this tour there's no non-binary people on this tour like what's going on i hope that it'll just become such a normalized industry standard to have marginalized folks included in these festivals and these tours and everything that you know, it won't even need to be brought to light anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It'll just be, so, I hope it'll just be so regular someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing that frustrates me is when people kind of feel like they need to applaud themselves for like having a diverse lineup or including right. women or, you know, non-cis men in their lineup. It's like, that should be the standard. That shouldn't be something to like pat yourself on the back for kind of. Yeah, I know. I sort of am perpetually almost always internally terrified that I feel like sometimes people only ask my band to play some shows sometimes because they need the token queer band on their bill to make themselves look inclusive or whatever. I mean, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully people actually enjoy my music because, you know, uh, it's my person, like so personal to me and putting those songs out into the world was really uh, a hard thing to do. And it's so vulnerable. So I just really hope that that's what keeps people interested and not the fact that you know I'm a queer non-binary artist yeah for sure what are some of the ways I know you talked about um kind of support from your bandmates and kind of getting built up from them are there any other ways that you kind of recharge or take care of yourself um you know when you're talking about a lot of really personal things in your song or just kind of being exhausted from tour what are some ways that you kind of build yourself back up um my post-tour ritual, the first day I'm home after every single tour, I order Chinese food and I lock myself in my room and turn all the lights off and I watch TV and I don't talk to anybody and I don't get out of bed. 
So I always do that no matter what the first day I come home from a tour and I love it. It's my <laughs> favorite thing to do in the world. That sounds great. Yeah. Other than that, um, I like to write in my journal a lot. Um, so I'll do that while I'm on tour. Like if I need like time to be alone, I'll, you know, go hide in the van or in the green room or if it's a DIY show, you know, just in a different room, hide and just write something, whatever's on my mind. And that seems to help because I don't know, sometimes it's nice to let it all out in a different way other than talking and then um i don't know i like to recharge it's such a hard question answered <laughs> i never stop mm-hmm. i have three jobs i you know literally always work like the day after i get home and um i don't know so i don't it, it, it's hard to say but i do try to take time to breathe and write on paper and talk to some mm-hmm. friends i think that all really helps Nice, nice. Well, kudos to you for keeping busy and doing it all. (laughs) Trying. Do you feel like that helps you, like that process of writing and journaling helps you write songs? Is that usually how you start writing? Is with lyrics or with music? Yeah, I like to write uh, poetry. So most of my songs were just random scribbled poems at first um, or just like different stanzas from different poems I've written in the past, just bunched together or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, it's definitely something I really enjoy doing. And I don't know, I've just was having this conversation yesterday, how, um, all my songs rhyme because that's just, I don't know. I like songs that rhyme. They're just more fun for me to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think they all more or less start out as journal entries for the most part. Mm-hmm. Nice. Are you a fan of reading poetry as well? Um, sort of. It's, I am. Yeah. The short answer is yes, but it has to like be, I can't be a thick book or else I'll get intimidated and scared and run away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm in the same boat. I'm trying to read more poetry, but it can be kind of an intimidating genre, which I don't think it needs to be, but I feel like there is sometimes kind of like an elitism around poetry and yeah, which I don't like. So I'm trying to force myself, yeah, to read some more. Just read some like Mary Oliver and Emily There's Dickinson a company called and stuff. Button Poetry and everyone they work with is a phenomenal artist. So I would definitely dive yeah. into that realm if you ever get the chance. Yeah, they're amazing. They're actually based in Minneapolis, and I feel very lucky to be in the same city as them because they're they're such a great organization. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So you also recently got featured on Via Taco Bell for their Feed the Beat. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, I have applied to Feed the Beat every single time submissions have opened, and we've never gotten it before until this one, fall 2019. Hit Lucky Girl has been sponsored by Taco Bell Feed the Beat. <laughs> I'm so excited. Amazing. Me and usually a lot of my feelings, I'm vegan and a lot of my villains wind up being vegan so eating on tour is always a nightmare um especially when you're with non-vegans because you know we'll be discussing where we want to eat and of course the non-vegans will be like well we got to go somewhere nicole can eat (laughs) and i'm just like oh no i hate it so now at least you know i could be like well i'm getting everybody taco bell Mm -hmm. exactly that's a huge perk that's amazing Mm -hmm. what is your go-to order at taco bell all right ready hear me out crunchwrap supreme (laughs) No meat, no cheese, no sour cream. Add beans, potatoes, because that's the best thing about Taco Bell, and rice. And you got yourself a full-course meal right there. That sounds pretty great. I might have to try that. Yes, and then drown it in hot sauce. Nice. Got all the food groups there. Crunchy, soft, it's all there. (laughs) 
What, what is your go-to order? Honestly, I never really eat at Taco Bell. I'm like, I just, I don't know. I just don't do it. So I feel like I always try to ask other people what they like so that I can study up and be prepared and get the ultimate They have the, the power order. veggie bowl too. It's just like Ooh. rice, beans, guacamole, tomato, it's, you know, a little on the lighter, healthier side, you know, go down that route. That sounds good. I'm going to have to go to Taco Bell after this. You're making me hungry. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having us and, you know, wanting to talk. I really appreciate it. And it sounds like you definitely did a lot of research and homework before this interview, which I certainly appreciate a lot because, you know, you absolutely did not have to do that. <laughs> no, of course. It's my pleasure. So I like to ask all of my podcast guests as like a closing question if they want to give a shout out to someone. So it could be someone you know personally, it could be an artist or someone you look up to, anyone who you admire or inspired by or who just makes your life better. Oh, that's not a terribly loaded question that (laughs) is packed with a lot of pressure behind it or anything at all. (laughs) I guess just to keep it simple from racking my brain around trying to figure it out, I'm going to say shout out to uh, Jamie Coletta at No Earbuds, um, because if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be talking right now. And uh, she's been just such a pleasure to work with, and she's really helped us out with trying to you know, get the new single heard and I couldn't be more appreciative of that because she's got like 300 other bands on her roster as well that she's putting the same amount of work and attention for each band into. So it's very Mm -hmm. impressive and I admire her hard work and dedication. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I also want to give a shout out to Jamie because she's amazing and yeah, she's the reason that this conversation is happening. So thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Nicole, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, you as well. Thank you again for having us. Yeah, of course. Enjoy the rest of your day.
the song you just heard, It's Not Me, and more from Hit Like a Girl at hitlikeagirl.bandcamp.com. You can also find out more about Nicole Maroulis' nonprofit organization, No More Dysphoria, at nomoredysphoria.org. The Pass the Mic podcast is produced by Ali Pashuk and Colleen Cowie and is presented by Renaissance People's Media. You can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and while you're there, give us a rating and a review if you like what we're doing. You can also find new episodes and more information at pass-the-mic.com. If you want to support us and the people who make Pass the Mic possible, you can head to our Patreon to find perks like access to our new music podcast at patreon.com slash pass the mic mag. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.